0: This is Barack Lurie at the Barack Lurie Podcast. Hope all is well. We are uh, talking here with my good friend and producer, Ari David, and um, always a pleasure, like I like to say. And yesterday we had our podcast about uh, things to expect in the future, and we weren't able to capture everything that we wanted to capture. Um, And so this is going to be part two of things to expect in the future. Uh, As a recap, we spoke about um, porn, the porn industry, and and things to expect in the way, not in terms of what's, what's going to be porn, but really more the attitude toward porn right now um, well let's let's take it back let 's go back to the '60s and the '70s when when pornists first decided that it was okay to, to have porn, at least it enjoyed First Amendment protection, so it was no longer in the closet, so to speak um, You know, there was no such thing as the Internet back then, but there, you know, there were movies and uh, nobody arrested you for having the uh, the movies uh, anymore. It was it was legitimate um, expression of ideas, even though it still may have been very seedy. And and it was only in what was then a very dirty part of Manhattan, for example, what was Times Square was a very unpleasant place to be. And that's where all the X-rated theaters were. And if you were a young man back then, well, you know, that was kind of a salacious place to go. They wouldn't let you in, but it was kind of cool to, to see that, you know, this is where the, the bad stuff happens. Um, and, and I think the notion of somebody being uh, a porn star, man or man or woman, um, you looked at them with contempt. You know, you, you may you, know, you may have uh, enjoyed the salacious nature of what they were doing, but you yourself would never want your son or daughter to be in that business. And uh, there, was, there was great shame associated with it. Um, And you pointed out uh, that if you were a famous uh, porn star, you would change your name Um, and and, uh, only because you didn't want to be noticed. But as we pointed out in uh, our previous podcast, it's gotten to the point now the Internet is so prevalent and, uh, you know, where I'm I'm just going to guess right now where there might have been 10 movies uh, porn wise in America, at least um, in any given year in the 70s. Um, there are hundreds of thousands of porn videos on the Internet at any given moment.
1: You obviously have been the Internet because it's clearly in the millions. Oh, is that right? Okay. Well, I would know. I go through them
0: every night. <laughs> All right now. But the point is that it, it's no secret that it's you know millions. Okay, you say millions. Um, okay, so let's use the, the phrase millions. So you could literally decide, you know, uh, you and – you and a, an attractive female to, to have some fun. Let's get let's uh, you get naked and you you engage in, in that stuff. You, you manage to film it and then you upload it to the internet. Amateur hour, right? And then uh, nobody will notice. Nobody. I mean, they'll watch it, but they won't. It won't be as if you, you then go out in the street and they'll say, Oh yeah, you're the guy in that in that porn video I saw two well, weeks ago, well, three weeks ago.
1: Most people don't have my Twitter presence. If <laughs> I do it and I mark it right, they'll know me. I see,
0: but even then you would have to make that connection, yes, right, so and I'd have to do some work that's right so the point is that you, you know. could it, it, it it's so anonymous now, and I think people actually get into it they, they it's It's, it's gotten to the point now where because it's anonymous, more people are willing to do it because they feel that it doesn't there's no shame associated with it. I see a new legal minute video. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the old adage was that uh, be careful what you put up on the Internet. It's, once it's there, it's there forever, right? And a lot of young people especially are, I think, finally saying accurately, I'm not saying correctly, but accurately they are saying, so what? So what? I mean, I, yeah, it's up there forever, but who's going to find it? I mean, and if they do, so what again?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like looking for hay in a haystack. Yeah, I mean, you can see the hay, but you can't pull out individual strands. There's yeah, you,
0: you wouldn't too know too many of them. There's just too many of them. It's not as if you're the only one. You're not like the, the you know one Eric Snowden or one Timothy McVeigh or one, whatever you know, the famous person uh, Charles Manson. There are only so many uh, famous murderers uh, or famous spies or famous you know traitors, um, and you know that that we actually remember them. But when you're talking about porn stars now, at least, I, I I don't know the name of any particular porn star. There's so many out there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I just wouldn't know. I I do know the name of one porn star from the '70s when I was a teenager, uh, Marilyn Chambers, and we talked about about her. And I'm sure that's a a, a nom de plume <laughs> uh, that she used. It wasn't her real name. And but now, I mean. I, People are are proud of of their porn status. They have porn theaters. Sorry, not porn. Porn awards. Um, And it's an industry and they're demanding health care. And Obamacare, by the way, covers uh, the, the, the sex industry now. And they're all thrilled with that. So it's mainstreamed in that department. What I'm trying to say is that in the future, porn will be just another business like any other business. It won't be underground. It won't be held in contempt. Um, it won't be the thing that you do because you have nothing else to do. It won't be the thing you do because you know you were abandoned as a child and now you had to you have to run away from the family and some pimp pick you up and, th- and then you discovered the porn industry. No. It's gonna be something that you choose just like you would, uh, you know, whether you go into advertising, whether you go to the fashion industry, I'm talking about women largely here, uh, whether you go into secretarial work, or you can do porn work
1: well, can I put out a uh, make a point that I think you've kind of overlooked, which is nothing happens in this world without a transaction at a profit, or nothing happens that's not a transaction, and nothing happens again if the transaction does involve a profit. You know, I have a friend and I believe you might have met him too through some place that we uh, sometimes work out and play basketball right and he's in this business uh, a part of it, and he said that. Back in the old days, you could make a pretty good living at it, but not so now, because you made a really interesting point, but I think I've kind of overlooked one little thing about it, and then my other point is this. We used to have uh, actual movies, and you, in a movie, you have stars. Now you don't have movies. I mean, I don't know what you, you're doing with your computer at night, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. what, what you have now is you have scenes, and the whole scene isn't even watched, Now, because of how computers are, or, you know, some of us, iPads are set up. You just watch the same part of the same scene over and over. Uh uh, Okay. Not to get too much in the weeds of the details. But but my point is, mm -hmm. the people making this now are not stars. They're normal people. They're the you and me, Joe Q, public America. Yeah. And they're not doing it a profit. They're putting this stuff up for free. In, in clearinghouse sites And what's happened though, which is so interesting Is it's undermined the whole economics Of the, if you will in quotes The porn industry The official uh, movie industry Of that segment here in Los Angeles right, Because right. they're finding it harder and harder To make a buck And as a result, they're actually going out of business Yeah the, um... so So to, to, yeah, I'm to square okay. the circle How
0: are they going to survive in the future If
1: there's no transactional
0: profit To be made Well, that's a very good point um, I, I don't know I don't know this industry very well I, I do, I think you know When you have millions of videos Just like you said before uh, And they're all competing uh, The price imperative basically brings it down to zero especially if they're competing for no cost. A couple is putting them up just for
1: the thrill of having other people watch and put in comment, nice booty. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right.
0: It used to be a, at least yeah, people yeah. would buy the CD, the videotape, yeah. or the subscribe. Yeah. You know, he, that's the problem. And uh, But but that, that also that, that anonymizes the whole process in the same way that, you know, we live in a YouTube culture, right? I mean, so forget about porn for a second. Just YouTube, you know, you, you find something that your cat has done that's very cute, and he's rolling around with a little fur, fur ball or whatever, playing with a ball of string. you act like it's wrong, <laughs> and and you post it to YouTube, and uh, you might get uh, zillions of hits. Okay, and you you he said, "Wow, you know, honey, check this out. You know, little uh, Trixie, our cat, has uh, gotten one hundred and sixty-five thousand hits in, in just two weeks. Can you imagine that?" And 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 for some reason, that that radio resonates now imagine what a couple when they want to, they want to get some attention. We we live in a, I need to matter cult culture that I had a whole podcast about that with you and also Sunday show about what matters most is that we matter. Right. And we live in a culture where people are just don't have a sense of their purpose anymore. And so just getting attention alone is what resonates for them. That's what matters for them is that they, they can, they can satisfy their need to matter by porn. So they engage in this thing. Uh, they have sex and then they film it amateur hour. Like I said, they post it up there and then they wait for how many hits they get. And they're all competing with each other. And I, I, I happen to know this A guy in the porn industry is, tell, is telling me exactly that. He said that they, they uh, do a thumbs up, thumbs down on a lot of these videos and whoever gets the highest percentage of thumbs up, you know, that's, that's a good sign. And then, of course, there's a, the number of views that they have for that particular um, uh, porn video. And, you know, how quickly did they get that number of views? Uh, so it's all in competition. And, and girls in particular, they're all about that kind of competition. Who's, who's got the hotter body? Who's desired more? All that stuff. Okay? That's the future. Uh, that's our future. That's what we're seeing in our future the complete uh, destruction of a sense of, of nudity and shame or anything else like that, or any of, sense of privacy when it comes to sex. And, you know, we're still, even, even as I speak as a 50-year-old man right now, I find, I find myself kind of whispering the word sex, right, or penis or vagina, right? I'm, I'm, I'm whispering because I, I'm just habituated to that. But you're also in your workplace and there are
1: laws, <laughs> you know, just out of appropriateness.
0: No, it, it, no but even if this were, uh, you know, at, at my house, even if we were podcasting, I would be very cautious about that, too. It's just it's ingrained in our head to kind of slow down and be careful about the way we say those words, uh, even with swear words. Right. So but but it's going to be in the future. It's it's going to be sex is going to be just as. Um, common thing that you do as drinking some water. Um, you know, the the only functionality issue will be taking off the clothes for the time being. And, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some concern about uh, picking up a disease here or there, but it's a strange world we're we're coming into. Uh, now some people, especially young men (laughs) will say, I like this strange new world that we're entering into. Um, but be careful what you want. You just might get it. It's not that pleasant a world. Um, and then in a related matter, and it's very related, it's um, the way that men and women deal with each other. Already now in colleges and otherwise, women are chasing men for sex. They're pushing for it. And it's a, there's a strange dynamic, the reason behind it and everything else. The main reason is that there's a, there's, a, there's a lack of quality men, especially in college. And there are many more women now in college than men. So it's a game of musical chairs for a lot of the women. And they, in, in reality, they do want a steady relationship. That's what they ultimately seek. It's, it's in their innate nature. So they'll chase after these guys. And they'll, they'll trade sex for that hope that they will want to be with them and them only. And then it's a, it's a, it's a losing proposition, unfortunately, for them. Tammy Bruce brought this up very well in her uh, video for Prager University, where she talks about all this and how women are really losing their power. They're not able to say no anymore. Uh, The numbers are changing completely in the universities and otherwise. Uh, Feminism and birth control itself has really changed the dynamic of everything. What seemed to be a liberating moment for women uh, is actually now causing them to suffer.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is it sounds to me like the same sort of dynamic uh, of, of the adult industry, that as you drop the value of this commodity and make it so easy to have, people don't value it. So it's the same thing with, with the availability of, of sexual, uh, say, activity on the women's part. The more they're flooding the market with easy, if you will, non-valuable uh Uh, sexual activity that where men do not have to do any work to acquire the pleasure of it, the men only value it less. Right. And and then they
0: do less to acquire more of it. Right. If if the, if the, uh, if you're dating a girl, I mean, I'm I'm speaking only in a Machiavellian way, folks, I'm not talking about the way I think or otherwise, but what's happening among the men is that, well, if they're choosing to be in a relationship with one woman versus another and uh, Jane is not willing to go to bed, uh, you know, for at least four dates. Well, he's going to say, thank you, Jane. But, uh, you know, Sally's willing to sleep with me after the first date, uh, maybe the second date. And, and so Sally wins, so to speak. I put that in quotes. Um, it's, um, it's, not a good, it's not a good dynamic. And uh, if you have daughters, as both you and I have, um, it's something that I'm cautious about. And I know what I'm going to be telling my daughters is to say, find a good man, I only have one daughter. Find a good man uh, when you, you, my dear daughter, are in your mid twenties.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be cautious with my daughters because I don't have to. We're going to be converting to Catholicism, and they're going to go work in a convent as nuns. <laughs> all right. <laughs> because.
0: All right, but you want, but, but
1: you want grandkids at some point, so. It's... And at a certain point, they'll come out of the convent. That's right. When they're forty. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm making yeah. a joke there. Uh, but the the uh, it's a, it's an interesting thing, though, because again, does it become a, a self fulfilling prophecy of collapse? Yeah. The the, the entire ec- economic model of it, when the um...
0: well, it's like you said, you know, uh, it, there is a uh, a loosening of the value of things. Take an ex- take for example the music industry or the book industry. Right, prices are going down dramatically. Why is that? because it's you no longer need to typeset a book, right? You don't need to lay it all out like the old Gutenberg Press sort of look. Um, that used to require a lot of work. Now you can just do your own book. Amazon has its own publications. Load it up and you're all good to go with all your research. A response.
1: lot of bad writers are writing a lot more bad books, flooding the market with
0: books. Right, But but... And they, making them so much more easily to acquire for less money. Right, and the reality is that Amazon, because it's selling his books, even a, even a great, you know, classic book that is being published in the ordinary course, let's say uh, Dennis Prager's uh, latest book, which is a good book, um, you know, it doesn't, once they put it up, it, there's no real cost to them, right? Every time they download a book, it's, it's just free money. It's just digital. It's not as if they're wasting any paper or, or causing any delivery system to be applied. There's no distribution network. Nothing of the ordinary process is involved. And so it, it's cheaper. As you, as you would expect any commodity to, be, to become. Take, for example, uh, uh, CD players, right? I mean, I remember that very well. When the first CD player came out and I bought one of them, it was $1,000. I bought it real cheap at $550 in Japan because we were living there at the time. But you can buy a CD player for 50 bucks now, and it's much better quality too. That's what happens when you have a product. Product prices go down.
1: Yeah, and then with books and music, the the reason the example you gave is so interesting and and accurate with that is because you're dealing with also a non-perishable commodity. An electronic device, take a CD player or a computer, at least after a certain, and they're more reliable now than ever, but sooner or later, it will not work. There's a ton, a glut of legacy books and music out there that plays and reads just fine, just as good as new, even if the cover is a little dented, right. or if the record is a yeah, little yeah. scratchy. Yeah. Uh, Once CDs started coming out in 1984, 85, a CD from 1985 that's kept in relatively good condition plays just as well as one that comes out today. Right, right. So, and, so, 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 and so thus, yeah. because it's non-perishable, it even it, it quadruples, or you know quintuples that economic problem
0: much more than any other economy. Yeah. So you have uh, – I mean, that's the nature of, of everything, right? The prices go down. And we have an accelerating uh, aspect of that when you talk about the, the porn industry because not only is there the technology – um, with uh, you know the internet and YouTubing and uh, all the porn sites out there, that it's so easy to upload your your, your nastiness. Yeah, and quality there. and quality cameras for use in the home. Right, that you couldn't it, acquire years ago. Right, super duper easy. So all the technology makes it super easy. In addition to that, it gets ramped up more so than in the music industry or the business industry, because the music industry and the the the, the, the publishing And the publishing industry, you know, were unaffected by the culture. Right? I mean, other than the words that we use and such. But in term, the business wasn't affecting the culture. The porn industry, by contrast, is dramatically affected by the culture. Yeah, it used to all be taboo. Wait, wait, yeah. So now nothing is taboo. So it's in addition to this, the simplicity of all the technology, you now have this cultural attitude that it's not only not taboo, but it's frankly kind of cool to do this. And that's what you can expect in the future. This, this who can show the best booty, who is going to be the most, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, that, that's the new um, beauty uh, uh, pageant. The, the, the new beauty pageant is who can, who, can, uh, who can get the most men, or couples for that matter, to view their particular porn video. That will be very exciting to a lot of people. And, and this is a disturbing trend, right? I mean, do, we don't want to live in that kind of society. Now, here's the other thing, and it's related only in the sense that it's related to sex. Um, In the future, people would be talking about gay sex, not in the way they talk about it now. Right now, um, you know, it's all about tolerance and, you know, of course, acceptance that, you know, gays are part of our culture and they're just as uh, valid uh, citizens and upstanding people as you and me. Um, It's all good and well we can debate till the cows come home as to whether or not gay marriage is a good thing, but I can tell you what's going to happen 10 to 15 years from now is that, um, if you're a heterosexual male, especially, and you have not engaged in gay sex to try it out, well then you're being culturally backward. You are not trying out the things that you need to try out. Just like it would be silly for you never to try out sushi. Right? I mean, we live in a culture that sushi's all over the place and if you were to tell me I'd never tried sushi, I'd say, all right, you really gotta try it. I think you'll like it. No, I don't like the idea of eating that kind of food. All right, please. I, I think if you just try it once, you might actually like it. And then you try it and then you say, you know what, I've been missing out. I'm gonna sushi's my new best friend and my new best food, right? Barack, have you tried bone marrow? Okay, listen. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so so they'll be saying the same thing about about uh homosexual sex. It'll be, not necessarily the gay community itself, but schools will be saying it. And they'll definitely be saying it among the women. Now, are you saying this is in the future? Because I disagree with you completely. Do you think it's right now in the present? It's president? right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's – it's no one's – look, I, I, I'm i concerned that it's happening too. Um, my, my good rabbi friend is telling me that this is happening right now in middle schools and in high schools. And I just have trouble believing that it's a prevalent thing like – Hey, you know that 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 boys among themselves would be saying, "Hey, you gotta try out gay sex. It's totally cool." I just, I just can't yet think. I can't think that they are in that way of thinking that there's still not this sense of like, "Dude, he or he's up, so yeah, yeah, dude, he's slept with another dude." I just can't see that. I I can see that happening among girls. That girls, you know, will fool around with themselves, um, and and no one will think less of them or they might actually think that they're more kind of cool in the same way that, you know, somebody smokes pot. Um, then they're cool that way. They're, they're kind of a bad girl, but kind of a cool bad girl. Uh, but they, they won't look at them like, Oh, I don't talk, don't talk to her. She's, she slept with another girl. No, no, no. It's weird.
1: I mean, Uh, I look at, I look at boys today and they do not seem to have the same hormonal, uh, just say constitution or makeup, that uh, 20 years they had ago. And, you know, you see these boys now at, at high school. Like uh, I, I was uh, – I see this kid a couple of days ago, and he's, you know, playing with his iPhone or whatever, but the way he was dressed was extremely a feat. He mm-hmm. did not look masculine. I I can't find – masculine kids between the ages of, say, 8 and 14 anymore.
0: Yeah. There's, well.
1: And I'm not saying that's where the gayness is coming from. It's coming from the fact that they're being nurtured in the school system by these educators who are feminizing them, starting with their mu- – not it's not like castrating them with a knife or something, but they're doing something to their brains the way they think, and they're controlling them and making them sit and maybe medicating them little dudes aren't being brought up to be little dudes anymore. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, correct. your
0: son is totally normal. Right. He's uh, crashing okay, cars but, and trains, and he wants to do Power Rangers. And and God bless him. Yeah. Okay? Right. Uh, if you catch him
1: playing with matches in the backyard with his GI Joes, you're not going to be happy, but you can at least
0: be rest and sleep well at night that you have a little dude on your hands. You, you know what I would say if I caught him with the matches and he's blowing up things or like that? How dare you not do that with me? <laughs> I would say, I would say, uh, son, I'm not going to say my son's name on the, uh, you know, on the internet. I would say, son, um, you know what? I know that looks totally fun, and I like it. It's totally fun. We'll try to find a cool way to do this. It's a little dangerous the way you're doing it right now, so let's not do that this way. But here, let's do it together. Let's not do that's it it. Let's that's not th- do it at my house, which I paid good money for. <laughs> let's do it at that guy's house. Anyway, let's, I, I want to move on because there are other areas that are some. Some are actually good. And uh, but before we talk about the uh, the good thing, we have one more bad thing to talk about. Actually, maybe a couple of them. Why are we so negative? Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) we have to. (laughs) We have
0: to be. Well, this is the culture. You know, we're, we're fighting the culture and we and part of the understanding why we should fight the culture is because we're talking about the consequences of our culture. It's all nice and well to talk about what feels good and isn't it nice to be nice to everyone and everyone should, be, we should all be compassionate and let out murderers right now. But what happens when you let out murderers, they kill, right? Surprise. So these are the consequences of a, a, a state that doesn't know how to keep their prisoners in prison. Uh, and, uh, a, a state that thinks that doesn't matter whether or not you have an ID before you vote. I mean, you know, <laughs> A state that doesn't uh, deport people when they're caught, you know, illegal alien uh, citizens, illegal aliens who are caught, and they're not deported, they stay in and they can commit more crimes. It's it's not a good thing. Yeah,
1: and we don't kill our killers or our murderers, but we do put to death or unborn.
0: That's right? right. And all these so, things lead to that degradation. Yeah. So th- those these are consequences, and that's why that they're not. You know, it sounds negative that we're talking about about it, but these these are things we have to study. Look, polygamy is going to be another wave of the future. And you can put gay marriage to the side. I think it opens the doors. I don't think it's going to be the cause of it per se, but it it may have opened the doors. Uh, You know, to, to asking the question, what is marriage really all about? Why should we think of marriage only as one man and one woman? You know, but once you open that door, you ask more questions. And you can say, well, why not three people? Why not? Two men and a woman, and, and, or maybe not three three men, why not what 's to stop there and we, we talked about this a couple of times already, but this is kind of obvious, right? Why the limitation of just two people why if if three people love each other, why can 't they get married or four people or five people okay. and i 'm not talking about some cult leader in the in the Utah desert. Um, you know, who's, you know, brainwashing his people. And you can say that equally about a regular married couple, right? You, you know, a, a very bad man who who uh, brainwashes his wife and keeps her imprisoned in the house and rapes her all the time. You wouldn't say that that's, that, that's indicative of the horrible nature of marriage. No. You would say that's just a, a very abusive man. Even if it's monogamous. Even if it's monogamous. And what's to stop, like I said, I always gave the example of, Three roommates that uh, answer at Craig's Look Sad, and they all kind of now, now are roommates, and they all kind of find themselves attracted to each other. They all get drunk one night, a little bit buzzed, and they find themselves in the same bed, it's all naked. It's company with wedding vows. That, that's basically. right. Well, but, but I'm not there yet. And then they decide that they really like each other. And then, you know what? They love each other. And they start doing things for each other, you know, taking care of errands for each other. And they just, they realize they only trust each other. And then they realize, you know, it's it's tough enough with only Jane and Bob's incomes if we were to raise a kid. But you know what? If we have Jane and Bob and Tom's income, well, we'd have no problem raising a kid and sending him to to that private school because we all have the same values, you know. And and so what's to stop that? It's you know, and who's who's to decide what a family is? Because it ain't you, Catholic Church, it ain't you, Jewish synagogue, it ain't you um Protestant Church. It, it just you. Who are you to tell us what a marriage is? And, and and they're breaking down what the definition of a of a family is anyway, right? A family could be your distant uncle. It does. In fact, it doesn't doesn't have to be an uncle at all. It could be just some guy who's willing to to raise you. Some guy who shows up every once in a while. So why not two guys? Why not five guys? Why not three guys and two women?
1: Or all the staff at the welfare office.
0: Yeah. That's right. It's, it's it's all about what you decide the family is. Never mind. You'll mess up all the kids. But um, but but that's what they'll decide. So that's our future too. That that's that's clear as day to me. Um, and you can say I'm crazy about that, but uh, I I don't think so.
1: I, you know, to be de- te- you know, people might call you crazy for saying something that sounds kind of out there or whatever. But if you're making a prediction based on the best possible evidence that you see in the most likely pattern, that's the furthest possible thing from crazy. Crazy is coming to irrational conclusions with rational
0: evidence. It's crazy. Not a rational conclusion based on this set of facts. Crazy is deciding that there are no consequences and no changes in the future. As I posed to my guest on my radio show, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, we, he believed in gay marriage. He thought that was great. And again, putting aside all that. And I asked him point blank, I said, okay, great. Let's assume that gay marriage is the law of California. Not only that, but it's very well tolerated. No one, no one even thinks twice about, you know, when you say you're a man and you refer to your husband, if you're you're a woman and you refer to your wife, They they don't even do a double take. They don't, it's, and that it's accepted in every state in the Union. In fact, it's, it's accepted everywhere in the world, including Iran and Afghanistan. It, somehow they embraced gay marriage as well. And now, my question to you is Is that the end of all issues relating to marriage? And he said point blank Yes, there will be no other issues. We have reached the end of all the issues relating to marriage. And I said, With respect, you are a fool. And, you know, to, to use your words, you're crazy to think that. Yeah, see, They're, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And there are consequences to everything that you do. And there is, in fact, no end to the liberal agenda. It's, it's wish- no wishful
1: thinking because it's, their philosophy is essentially, it's, it's so insane because they essentially believe that if you can jump out of the seventh-story building without a parachute, there's a chance to land on your feet uninjured.
0: Right. It's, it's that yeah, irrational. This is, this is how irrational it is. Well, they'll, they'll, of course, demur to that and they'll say, what are you talking about? We just want good programs for people that are suffering and all that stuff. And, but then you ask them, okay, well, if they're suffering and, 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 and but for your government programs, uh, terrible things would result, then uh, then why not look at history? Surely, you know, there was a time where this government program that you insist is necessary. It did not exist. And how was the world back then? Oh, that's right. It was the greatest growth in American history and the greatest uh, increase in in American living standards in history, for that matter, world standards. Uh, But anyway, we digress, right? Let's talk about the next thing that I I think is going to change, and that is America's role in the world. This, unfortunately, is the easiest one to predict. I say unfortunately, right, because... (laughs) Without America being the, the the chief honcho in the world, it'll be a sad world indeed. It'll be a very dangerous world. You know, anything is in play at that point. Um, but it's so easy to predict because when you tell yourself that when, – sorry, when you decide as the leader of the free world that you're going to retrench your military back to pre-World War II levels, you can guarantee that – uh, you will lose all your influence in the world. Our influence doesn't come from our music and from our books and, and our great ideologies and, and liberalism. No, it comes from our strength, our military strength, the fact that we can walk softly and carry a big stick. Sometimes we talk softly and carry a big stick, but I don't care. And when we talk, soft, when we talk loudly about it, uh, we talk about wonderful things such as liberty liberty. They don't have to like it. Um, they can claim not to like it, but they do. Um, here's a country that's saying, how can we make sure that you enjoy life of freedom like we do? I think people like that. And because they like it, that's why they flood to our, our shores, right? But that's not going to happen in the future. It's, it, and this is, like I said, too easy to predict. If you don't have a strong military, you're not going to have a strong country. You're not going to have an influence. You won't be able to push back on Russia or China. When they decide to invade Taiwan, which was, is, will happen uh, within the next three years, Taiwan will be attacked, or at least will be breached one way or the other. And Ari, you'll send me an article or you know, a newsflash, Barack, you will write. And, and I was on my show on Sunday. I was thinking about this, I, and it just kind of dawned on me, I, and I said, said it aloud. I, I turned to my producer there, and I said, uh, Jeff, would you have ever guessed – that Russia is going to be invading Crimea, say, four months ago? And he shook his head. No, no, not at all. It it wouldn't enter his mind. But here we are. So we're going to see a lot of this in the next three years. Um, And Obama will do nothing about it. The whole whole world knows that Obama will do nothing about it. The
1: only argument I have with you is that, again... I don't know if that's a prediction for the future. I think that's a prediction for now. It's already happened. You know how uh, a good chess player versus a bad one in our little encounter last week, the game was essentially over before it was over. If you saw the, the Russian opening Olympic ceremony, you could see aspirations of empire messages all over that thing. Oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, they, they,
0: it's it's, it's just a good point. Like,
1: just like the Islamic
0: terrorists, they're telling you what they're going to do. Yeah, no, he, he definitely, uh, he, Putin, uh, definitely has aspirations. The, the, things, the good news there is that um, he's, he's actually, what's the, ham shackled, um, whatever, shackled at the, at the knees or the, at the ankles because um, he doesn't have the ability really as much as he thinks he does. He may have the desire, uh, but to execute is a big problem because he doesn't have enough people. He doesn't have enough young people in particular. The population growth rate is, is really ridiculously low. He has enough people to, to uh, conquer this or that territory for a short while, but not an empire, my friend. Yeah, but that's
1: why he does it. That's another issue. To, that's to the only thing up, that we got
0: going for us. Yeah,
1: but to build up the self-esteem of the nation to hopefully when it's um, a moral center, it's a skewed moral center from our point agree, of view, agree. so that people feel confident about reproducing. I do have a question for you. Is so often those who uh, believe in doing what Obama's doing uh, are doing it out of the idea of we all coming together in a one-world situation. We've heard the term globalist before. And I was thinking about this yesterday, and I thought I'd run it by you. Why is it that those who argue for globalization... Never argue for Americanized globalization. In other words, if our Constitution, in our way of life, this constitutional Republican form of government that has been so successful for a mere 230 years to where it's exceeded empires and and nations that have been around thousands of years. Why isn't anyone ever talking about a one world government based on American Government structure? Well, I, I, that's a great question. And the answer is obvious. It's, it is obvious, obvious, right? But, 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 but it's interesting that no American who argues for. I, I understand why the French, the British, the Russian, the Chinese
0: never argue for that.
1: But why isn't any of these liberal American globalists? Because ever they argue don't like America.
0: That? That's, that they, they look to France and England and they say they've got it going. They love their socialism there. They love the idea of their socialisms. They like the the free medical care they they like the uh, the subway system and it's all the right. croissants,
1: the artists in the streets the, yeah they are, yeah it's, it's, the it's,
0: orchestra the many museums and such like that not n- never mind that they're only seeing it for that flash of time right they don't realize how the people actually hate it living there and how it's actually descending in culture and economy over the decades but that that's that's the reason why so um, yeah but you think that
1: based on empirical evidence of what works for, for a oh, nation, please. if you were going to, if you truly were a globalist, what a great argument to make. Well, let's make every one of the 200 nations yes, yes. Here's, here, here, here's, an independent state
0: that, you here, know. Here's your problem. Remember how we talked before about how liars always lie. Lazy people are always lazy. Um, you know, angry people, you know, people with tempers always have tempers and so on, right? Well, guess what? Liberals are, always think like liberals. And liberals never ask the question of what works. So here you are, expecting them to ask the question, Christ. What works and resolve it? it, it uh, of course, it, on the contrary, they're entirely consistent with their liberal mantra. They, they, you're of course right that if, if, we, if everyone adopted the American Constitution and actually lived it, we would have heaven on earth. It would be a, everyone's economy would boom like nobody's business. It would be, we would have a cleaner environment as well. Um, Poverty would be almost an unheard of thing at at least yeah it would be in stories that's right It would be that thing that happened a long time ago and um, life would be as pleasant as, as almost perfect and utopian as possible but of course that's not the case. Last thing I want to talk about and and we'll leave with a good thing here um, because conservatives have many more a couple of reasons. Because conservatives tend to have many more children than liberals do, and furthermore, because of the change of times and science and everything else, um, we have a very good opportunity to have many more people who believe in God and the Judeo-Christian God that I'm talking about than ever before in the future. I, I see this coming. I see it as a very positive thing in the future. I do think we'll have resistance, don't get me wrong. But I think Christians in particular will there'll be a reawakening in the God realm. Um, simply because uh, those people who used to be evolutionists are, are, are just beginning to realize that there is no real good explanation for the world as it is uh, without God. And people will come to God scientifically. I often say, you know, people uh, come to veganism. Or I'm, a, I'm, I'm vegan. I'm practically a vegan, except for fish, as I always say. But I always anticipated that people would get to be vegan. Why? Well, because they won't be able to tolerate the health problems and the exposure of all the slaughterhouses and such will eventually lead them there. What I was wrong about was how quickly it came. It was much faster than I thought it would be. And now everyone knows what a vegan is. Everyone you know, has, a, has a feel for that. I'm, I'm proud to, to say that I'm, I was in that soup a long time ago. But likewise, the belief in God, I think people are all going to just start being compelled to it. It'll be hard to deny the evidence that there's a God. The more science we learn, the more we realize there is a God. And so that combined with the demographics that I just spoke about, I think there's a there's a bright future in that department. That might be hell for the atheist. They might be terrified of that prospect. But to us, that's great news.
1: I think they'll be fine considering the amount of free legacy pornography out there available to them on <laughs> demand. Yeah, they'll they can just go into their little private homes themselves and.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, look, they can they go into their meaningless lives if they want because that's what it is. Atheism is is meaningless, but. I'm going I'm to wrap it up because I hear the music playing already and I uh, so appreciate your talking about this. It's been a long podcast, but an important one too. Folks, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. This is Baruch Lurie signing off on the Baruch Lurie Podcast.